Good morning. We are on. We are on. That's good. If you're, if you're a visitor, you're very welcome. We trust that you have sensed and enjoyed the presence of God with us this morning. And we're going to continue in the presence of God as we look at His Word. We're looking at Luke 18. So if you have a Bible, you want Luke 18 and verse 35. It's a famous story. Mark, in his account of this story in, in Mark chapter 10, refers to it as the healing of blind Bartimaeus, whereas Luke, in his account, just refers to him as a blind beggar. And it's kind of interesting because um, many of you know that for many years I've had a, a problem with my eyesight. So the title of this message this morning could be The Blind Leading the Blind. Uh, but it's actually, it's actually the tale of two men. But... Um, Earlier in Luke's Gospel, in chapter 9, there's this phrase. In the authorised version, it says, Jesus set his face as flint to go to Jerusalem. And just before this account, in Luke 18, of this blind beggar, Jesus tells again the disciples about his death. He predicts again what's going to happen. And it says, they just didn't get it. They did not understand the word that he was saying. But Jesus was the man and still is the man on a mission. That's who he is. And today, he could be, just for you, on a mission as well. Whereas the beggar is actually a man with no name. Earlier in the life of the, of the disciples, they come to Jesus and they say, will you, will you teach us to pray? And Jesus is always up for the challenge. And from that moment on, if you go through the Gospels, you discover Jesus goes through the Lord's Prayer. He stresses the importance of asking, seeking, knocking. He stresses the importance of being persistent in prayer, of praying and not giving up. He talks about the unjust judge and the widow. He talks about the man who has a friend coming, knocks on his neighbor's door for a loaf of bread in the middle of the night. And they keep on until they acquire what it is they're after as a normal, everyday need. Kind of interesting. And then you come to this story. And in this story, you've got, in Mark's Gospel, you've got Jesus entering Jericho. And in Luke's account, you've got Jesus leaving Jericho. And you think, hang on, guys. Is he coming or is he going? What is he doing? Is he arriving or is he leaving? He has set his face to go to Jerusalem, but is he in Jericho at the beginning? Is he out? What's going on? Well, if you put all the pieces together, you find also in Luke 19 that Jesus stops off in Jericho and goes to the house of a tax collector, the chief tax collector, called Zacchaeus. And later on he says, salvation has come to this man's house. So you go, what, how do you put the pieces together? Now when I was growing up, we used to be told in brethren circles that the Bible is full of contradictions and every one of them is true. And when you look at this, you discover that Jesus entered Jericho he encounters the beggar, or the beggar encounters him, and right through Jericho, this beggar is calling, calling, calling. Part of the way through, Jesus stops, goes into Zacchaeus' house. The mood of the crowd changes. Zacchaeus, uh, blind Bartimaeus, is wondering what's going on. Jesus comes out of the house, continues through Jericho, and suddenly, the man has an encounter with Jesus. 
And it's also the disciples understand the need to press in, to keep asking, to persevere, to not give up. Whatever the need is that you've got today, whatever the challenges we face, whether it's the car park, the building across the road, finance to see it all through. What we need today is always to keep persisting in God with the prayer that He has laid on our hearts for the purposes that He has called us to. It's his plan, it's his purpose, it's not my life, it's not your life, as if God would do things my way. You alone are God, and I surrender. But let's look at this story very quickly in Luke 18. Verse 35, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road, begging. And when he heard the crowd going by, he asked, what is happening? They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who, who led the way rebuked him. That made him feel unwelcome. And told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. And Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, immediately, his sight was restored. And he followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw this, they also praised God. I do like the crowd, like, you know. They throng around Jesus, they push, they shove. He goes into a tax collector's house, and then he all complains. Then he comes out and heals the blind man, and they all praise God. Think, what are you like? There's no consistency with you. But this is a tale of two men. The first man is Jesus. He's the man on a mission. He has set his face to go to Jerusalem. He has set his face to go to the cross. He is about to be sentenced to death and to die. And during all that process, Pilate looks at him and says, What is truth? And you think, you've got the, the way, the truth, and the life standing in front of you, and you ask the question, but Jesus never gave him an answer. What is truth? And Pilate later on comes out and says to the crowd, Behold the man. And the man Christ Jesus is the one that you and I have to answer to. But today, here's the beggar. He doesn't know that Jesus has set his face to go to Jerusalem. He hasn't got a clue what Jesus is doing. He sat there every day. And I know Mark in his account is called him Bartimaeus. But when he put Bar in front of a name, it actually means son of. In other words, Timaeus, the father, could not be bothered to name his own son. And maybe, in your life, maybe the relationship between you and your parents, you and your dad. Maybe it's not good. Maybe you were the mouth they couldn't afford to feed as well. See, this beggar, we're not certain actually if he was born blind or blinded at birth, which is, it does happen. And it used to happen in his day. If you were the baby that was unplanned, unexpected, and it's the mouth too many, you become disabled, disfigured or maimed. So the mother can then take you. She has a right to beg. But when you get old enough, you're left 
to beg on your own way because no matter what caste system you're into, it doesn't matter if it's high caste, middle class, middle caste, working caste, it makes no difference if you're blind, if you're maimed, disabled, disfigured, you're outcast. In other words, those that are meant to love you, those that are meant to care for you, those that are meant to nurture you, in his day, they cast you out. You're disowned. Maybe the relationship that you had with your parents was kind of strained. I work with lots of kids in Newcastle where that is the case. In and out of care, one after another. Don't know who their father was. Don't know where the mother is. Cast out by society. And here's a man with no name. Nobody's going to walk past him early in the morning and say, Morning, Benjamin. I'll be back in a moment with a fresh glass of water if you're a loaf of bread. It's not going to happen. There's no identity given to this man. And when you're the outcast, nobody will speak to you for that very reason. Nobody will stop and give you the time of day. Nobody will sit down with you and say, what do you think of Roman occupation then? I mean, do you like it? Is it, is it working for you? Does their, does their care system help you? Nobody, nobody from the local Jericho rag mag is going to come along and say, let me take your story. Let, let's write it up and, and, and give you some publicity. It doesn't work because you're the outcast. And use the man with no name. And the tragedy is, the longer you sit on a roadside begging, it doesn't take long before you become the man with no hope. There is nothing. He lives in a world that is totally dark. He's never seen the sunrise. He doesn't know what a sunset looks like. He, does, he can't describe a white fluffy cloud to him. Nobody's going to come along and say, look, here's an aid. Here's a, here's a white stick. This will help you. Here's a guide dog. It doesn't work. See, in today's society, we have helps and aids. I didn't realize that until recently. They, they kind of registered me, registered me as having low vision impairment, I think it's called. And as a result of that, you go and you have a meeting, you have an appointment, and they give you aids. Now, one of the things I find quite amusing, it's a telescope. Now, I know it's, just, it's, it's, it's about that long. See, the problem that I have when I'm out and about with work is I have to catch buses for the job. I have to use metro, use public transport. And sometimes if you're not in town centre and you're on a road somewhere and I need to catch a bus, I think the bus I want is a number 40 or it's the X82. At this bus stop there's three. Which one's coming? I'm standing at the bus stop a couple of weeks ago. There's a vehicle. I have no idea what it is. I think, is it a bus? I'm not sure. I'll stop it. Oh, no. If the council were there collecting their, their, their wheelie bins, wrong vehicle. Oh gosh, there. But then you have to take a double check as the bus you want might be behind it and you could miss it. And then you're stuck and you think, oh, so they give me this little telescope that if you want to just hold it in your good eye, you think, oh, it's the 39, that's what I want. Glory to God. You know, the miracle is, I see better than I order for the, for the condition that I've got. I would love God to heal me. But right now we're a work in progress. And you may be exactly the same, but don't lose hope. It's about persistency in prayer. But for this guy, there is no aid. There is no help. He is a total outcast. Nobody is going to offer him help at all. Nobody. And when there's no hope, it doesn't take long before you become a man with no future. There is nothing, but nothing to look forward to. I understand that today, if you're born blind, they have ways of describing colour to you. With senses and touch, they would pick up grass and they would get you to touch it and to handle it and to smell it. And they'd say, no, remember that, that's green. And so blind people today have a better understanding of the world around them. In his day, nothing. 
And every day, he had the same food. Every day, he had sandwiches. It's the sandwiches kicked in his face by the people passing by. It's the sandwiches kicked in his face from those that ignore him. It's the sandwiches kicked in his face from those that can't give him the time of day. Not even to sit down and say, hello, how are you? And yet our society is getting just as bad. There's not many shop doorways, sad to say, in Newcastle, where at any point in the day you'll find somebody curled up in a sleeping bag. Asking for some coppers, asking. Sometimes, not always, and not often, I'll stop. And I'll sit down. I'm in a suit, and they're not. I sit in the roadside and chat with them. How did you get in this mess? And their stories are often interesting. And some of them, are actually quite educated. But how easy it is to write people off. You look at this guy, you think, well, you can't be up to much, you've not been to school, that makes you illiterate. Nobody's spoken to you, your, your, langu your language skills are not going to be very good. And yet, for this man, what he doesn't know at this point is that Jesus is the man on a mission. What he doesn't know is that Jesus is getting closer to him today than he was yesterday. He doesn't know that. He's no idea. He's no idea what's going on. And one day, the man with no hope, the man with no future, he was a sound on the street that is unusual to him. It's noisier than normal. There's a buzz. There's an excitement. And this man who we would write off and say, oh, well, you, you're not academic, are you? Well, he might not be. Lots of us are not. But we might have a lot of common sense instead. And he asks a question. He may not have letters after his arm, or as long as his arm after his name, but he has the right to ask a question. And the question that he asks is this, what's happening? Good question. If you're a visitor, or even if you've been here a long time, and, and suddenly you think, I don't get what's going on here. It's good to ask the question, what's happening? And somebody says, Jesus of Nazareth is going by. And the man with no name, and the man with no hope, and the man with no future, is only a man with a relevant question. He's the man with a revelation, and suddenly the light comes on for this guy, and life starts to take on a new meaning. Because this guy suddenly realizes, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. How loud he shouts. The people think it's Jesus of Nazareth. This is the carpenter's son that goes around doing good. We like to follow him. We like to be part of the crowd. Maybe that's where you're at right now. You kind of follow Jesus thinking, it's a nice social thing to do. What you need is the Holy Spirit to give you a revelation of who Jesus is. And the beggar gets it. He's not academic. He's not in-cast. He's not I-cast. He's outcast. But it doesn't exclude us from God's intention towards us. And God, by His Spirit, comes into this guy and turns the light on. And he goes, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And he begins to call after Jesus. And Jesus just walks down the street, totally ignoring the guy. Why? Because he's trying to teach the disciples a lesson in pursuing Jesus, in persistent prayer, in persistently calling out. Just before this incident happened, Jesus tells the story of the, of the Pharisee and, and the publican. And the Pharisee stands and prays in public and thanking God and not like robbers and thieves and I'm sitting up like this tax collector over here and yet the tax collector finds a quiet place and bows his head and strikes his chest and goes, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Would today that there were more prayers 
like that being prayed. That we would call on God for more mercy and for more grace. And this guy, the man with no name, is a man with a revelation. But he goes through Jericho, following Jesus. Jesus goes into Zacchaeus' house. Beggar is left, wondering what's going on. Jesus comes out to Zacchaeus and so carries on. And we get the impression from putting the stories together that at this point, Zacchaeus, uh, the blind beggar, who is the outcast, can't mingle with the crowd, sits back down again. And Jesus comes out and, and he knows Jesus is there and he calls again, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And somebody points out the fact that Jesus is standing still. And Jesus, the man on a mission, is Jesus, the man with a moment. Right now, could be your moment with Jesus. Right now, Jesus is passing by. And right now, Jesus is a man, is the man for a moment with you and for me. And I love the bit in Mark, how Mark kind of paints the picture. It says, he threw off his cloak, and he leapt to his feet. And he went after Jesus. Now, of course, we kind of don't do that in the West, do we? No, that Jesus stops, and Jesus calls us, and we, we kind of take off our coat. And we, we fold it nicely. I might need the rags later on. And we place it down, and we kind of leap. And we leap. Now we get kind of too reserved, aren't we? We're kind of really British in it. But if this guy doesn't care, he throws off all restraint. Throws off. He might be the outcast, but right now, he has a moment with the son of David. This is his moment. I'm not going to lose this. I'm going for this. And he stands in front of Jesus. And Jesus, who is the man with a moment, is Jesus the man with a message. And Jesus looks at him and says, What are you? want me to do for you. And Jesus puts himself right into the middle of the man's need. What do you want me to do for you? What a question. You think, come on, the guy is blind. The guy is a beggar. Don't you get this, Jesus? Why, why the question? Because the beggar could simply say to Jesus, I'd like you to find out what it's like for me. Come and join me for the day. Sit on the roadside. Watch it as people go past and ignore you. Don't say a word. Just, just see what response I get. Find out what it's like to be ignored. He could have answered any way he chose. The question is incredibly powerful to the man in, to the man in question. But the beggar says, Lord, I want to see. doesn't say I want my sight back. He says I want to see. I want to see myself with some dignity again. I want to see myself having self-worth again. I want to see myself as having value again. I want to see myself fitting into society again. I want to see myself being claimed. I want to see myself in a different light than I see myself right now. I know I'm the outcast. I want to be included. And the hand of Jesus welcomes you and me today. And wants to bring us in and include us into the family. It doesn't matter whether you're homeless. It doesn't matter whether you're aristocratic. It makes no difference to God that we're all one in Christ Jesus. All of us. And sometimes we need to go off our high horses and forget who we think we really are. It's, an, it's a level playing field with Jesus. And his arms are open for you 
and for me today. And Jesus, the man with a message, is also Jesus, the man with a miracle. While preparing for this, I just felt the Holy Spirit whisper two things to me. The one is to do with a man that suffers with angina, and you have done for a number of years. I believe today God wants to intervene. Now, I'm not medically minded, but while I was waiting outside in the fire and having a chat with different people, I felt the Holy Spirit say, He wanted to heal somebody today of spondylitis. I can't spell it. I couldn't find it in a dictionary. But let's trust God. If you've got spondylitis, I want to pray for you. We want to pray for you later on. But Jesus, the man with the miracle, Jesus is also the man with the greatest name. And Jesus, the man with the greatest name, meets the man by invitation because of his persistency with the man with no name. And when the man with no name meets the man with the greatest name, everything is possible. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We can do it voluntarily. We can do it willingly. But there's coming a day when every knee will bow to Jesus. And today, in the name of Jesus, cancer, flee. Heart disease, flee in the name of Jesus. Poor eyes, bad eyesight, deafness, flee in the name of Jesus. Let the name of Jesus be the name that everything else has to bow the knee to. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and earth and on end of the earth. And let, let today be a day where the kingdom of heaven touches earth in this place and we go from you changed and transformed. Because it's not about us. It's about him. But it is about us being persistent in our prayer requests. It's about asking, seeking, knocking. It's about keeping going, pestering God. He doesn't get tired of you and I pestering Him. He probably gets sad when we don't. Because there is help available. And it's pursuing God and seeing what God has in store for you and for me. It doesn't matter whether you've been in this church from day one, and you're still waiting for a miracle, or you've joined today, and you have a big need, and you can't see an answer to it. The name of Jesus, and the person of Jesus, is who we need. We need Him in our lives. We need a relationship with Him. A couple of weeks ago, I shared how I was getting into the loft one day, putting a little case away, didn't turn the light on, and when I turned to come back out, there was more light when I turned than what there was when I went in. And sometimes, that's all we need to do, is turn and face Jesus. All we need to do is turn and embrace Him. See, repentance is not simply, I'm going this way, and then I turn around and I go this way. If that's all I do, I'm going to be short, I'm going to be short-changed. I have to embrace Jesus. I have to invite Him into my life. I have to let Him know that I am wrong and He is right. And I have to make certain that I do it His way. Because He alone is God. And I surrender. And that's tough. Because I want to be captain of my ship. Isn't that right for most of us? We want to stay in charge. We want to stay in control. We want to, we want to do our thing. And yet, day by day, we struggle with issues and habits and, and all sorts of... We can't seem to break ourselves. Well, here's a man with no name. 
He identifies with every one of us. Because somewhere in life, we've all been dealt down somewhere by someone. We've often felt excluded. Well, that's in school, in the playground, or whether it's in the street, or where you work. Somewhere along the way, we can identify with this man. And Jesus came to save us. Somebody used to say, from the guttermost to the uttermost. But God so loved the world that he gave, willingly, sacrificially gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. We get forgiveness, we get the guilt that gets dealt with, the shame gets put to one side, the anguish that we carry, Jesus came to deal with it all. And all it requires is a very simple step of faith. But today, for you and for me, it could be that right now, Jesus has a moment for you. It could be that right now, Jesus has the miracle that you've been longing for, right now. And all it takes is our persistency in prayer. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. You may think, well, there's just no hope for me. I've been in the gutter too long. I've, I've ruined my life with X, Y, and Z. Whatever that may be for you. Maybe you've ignored Jesus because you thought you were too well educated to need him. You were too affluent to, to require the help from Jesus. You're as needy in your affluent state as the beggar is as an outcast. Because before God, we're all very, very poor and very, very needy. And all of our righteousness, the Bible says, is like filthy rags. Oh, that's not fair, God. I went to church every Sunday. I went to the prayer meeting. I went to Bible study groups. I do door to door. What do you mean my righteousness is like filthy rags? It's a level playing field with God. Before God, I'm as guilty as Bin Laden. And that's a bit of a wake-up call. We don't like to prayer ourselves with other people. But there's one way in. And it's through Jesus. And so today... Jesus, the man with a moment for you, wants you to engage with the man with the greatest name this world has ever seen and will ever know. Because Jesus is the one that wants to set you free. Can we have the musicians back up, please? If you suffer with angina or spondylitis, June, while we're singing this next song, it would be great if you could come forward, please. And if you have any other needs that you, you're persistent with God, long outstanding issues, let's keep pressing into God. We're in this together. None of us have perfect health. We're all on a journey. And today, we all need a fresh encounter with Jesus. Praise God.